In every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Fun, 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 fun. Light speed to the wondrous and wonderful. Cover is not the book, so open it up and take a look. Ah, if it isn't the only bookworm in town. What's that word again? Inspired. I have to sing. I have to play. The music, it's, it's not just in me. It is me. We're happier when you don't sing. Welcome to Notably Disney your ultimate podcast covering Disney music and books. I'm Brett Nackman, your host. Here we dig a little deeper and explore the great wide somewhere about everything under the Walt Disney Company umbrella as it pertains to tunes and writing, from the theme parks and television screens to the Broadway stage and the silver screen, if it relates to anything Disney songs, soundtracks, books, articles, or other things that you can listen to, or read about involving Disney, we'll examine it here. Here on Notably Disney, I welcome every opportunity I have to talk with musicians who have translated their passion and their craft for playing tunes to a wide variety of audiences and across different contexts. And today's conversation is no exception. I am speaking with Heiss Van Winkelhoff, who is a pianist and composer, known for his YouTube channel where he plays uh, live streams and a wide variety of different genres, including Disney. Uh, he has played at Disneyland Paris at the hotel there, and uh, just a real nice pleasure to uh, communicate with someone who is effervescent about their uh, field and their ability to bring joy to folks through his music, to take those live requests and to just bring a little bit more happiness to people's days. So here's my conversation with Heiss Van Winkelhoff. Heiss Van Winkelhoff is a pianist and composer who has played his tunes at Disneyland Paris and delighted audiences via his weekly YouTube live streams where he takes requests from viewers. It's a fun-filled time. And today on Notably Disney, he joins us to discuss his passion for Disney and piano playing, experiences at the parks, developing really amazing medleys, a big fan of the Epcot ones and, and much more. So welcome to the podcast, Heist. Thank you so much for having me, thank you. Well, we have a lot to discuss and um, I'd love to start off as I often do with a lot of my guests is just kind of finding out more about their their roots, their early childhood experiences. And I understand that you started playing the piano at a, at a young age. What were some of your earliest memories with that? Yeah, well, we are always had a piano at home and both my parents play the piano. And yeah, as soon as I could walk to the piano, I just slammed all the keys and, but I always loved the sound that it made. And my sister started having piano lessons and then I, watched her fingers and I studied them and I copied her. So I 
just played what she was playing and by ear. So yeah, that's how it all started, really, just by listening and copying a little bit of my, what my sister was doing. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, do you come from a musical family? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, both my parents, my dad uh, is a drummer and he plays the piano. My mother sings in a chamber choir and she plays the piano as well. So it seems like that influence would rub off on you, whether you liked oh, it or not. For sure. Yeah. Because my parents would listen to more like classical music, but I have two older sisters and they were listening to all the, the pop music of that time. So I, yeah, I had a lot of different influences. Yeah. <laughs> So what did you gravitate towards specifically in terms of types of type of music, any styles or performers? Yeah, well, um, I think the first movie that I ever saw, there were a few, um, Sleeping Beauty and Never Ending Story, Sound of Music, all those. Uh, we had a few VHSs. Yes, I'm from that time. And so I watched those movies over and over. And uh, so all those songs, I, I absorbed them, you know, and that... Um, yeah, I, I, those were the first songs that I remember hearing, uh, Little Mermaid and Ellen Menke music in, in general, really. Yeah. And is it true that you, you play a lot by ear? So you hear it yes. and then you're able to translate that to the piano. Yes. So later, uh, I got piano lessons as well, but my teacher gave me the same songs as my sister, but I already knew them because I copied her fingers and I listened to what she was doing. So my teacher thought that I was playing like by sheet with sheet music, but I just remembered them and played them by ear. And then I got a different book and then she said, okay, play this. And, and I was like, uh oh, oh no, <laughs> uh, can you play it first? I'd like to <laughs> hear what it sounds like. And then she played and I was listening, listening. And then I played just by ear what she was doing. And she was like, this is, it's, it's a little bit different, but it's interesting. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> so she was a little bit confused, but then she said, yeah, I really want you to learn to play the piano, the normal classical way. But that was just with one hand and I already played with two. So it was a little bit demotivating <laughs> for me. So um, I stopped playing. Uh, piano lessons and just listen to music all day long, practice myself, listen to songs like Miguel from Coco. You know that scene where he's with the guitar listening yes. and watching to the TV? That's me. <laughs> that was me when I was a kid, just listening again and again and improving myself. And, and that's how I taught myself to play the piano by ear. That's that's pretty incredible. So it sounds like it sounds like you didn't use much sheet music then if it was all no. coming naturally by ear. Yeah, for me, it was so much easier to play by ear because when I listen to music, I can already I, I know which tones, which chords I hear. And uh, for example, uh, I remember um, I had a, a sheet music with Disney songs. But their arrangements, they sounded so different than in the, the movies. I said, where are the strings? Where this chord should be different? <laughs> so, the, uh, so I asked my dad to play the notes and I was only like, no, oh, I don't like these arrangements. <laughs> I want to do it myself. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, and and it's, I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't use sheet music because of course that's the, the way most people uh, 
yeah, learn to play piano and it's great. And um, it's just a different method, I guess. Yeah, it's, it, it is quite a skill. I, I grew up playing the piano, um, starting at age seven. Uh, but for me, it's all sight reading. I, I do mm -hmm. not have the gift to be able to hear something and then just play it instantly. But I know some of you have that gift, which is really remarkable. Um, it's very versatile as well. Yeah, well, and what I like when I have sheet music, like I know I I know the notes and I I can read sheets, but I always like to hear the music. Then I can feel it, and then if I hear it one time, then I don't have to focus on the notes anymore, and then I can focus on yeah the way I played and the emotion. Or for example, if I accompany a singer, I I can fully have my full attention to the singer, and so we instead of staring at sheets. So for me, it's sometimes more distracting than helping. Yeah, I, I hear that. It makes me wonder, so are you in a space where if you hear something, it's, you can play it, but would you be able to write it out in terms of, you know, write the notes out instantly? Mm -hmm. I could, but it's not really what I do a lot, but sure. <laughs> uh, um, I, I make a lot of music with my computer. I make my own orchestrations and uh, with a lot of different instruments and, and etc. So I can do I can do it, yeah. But sometimes I have videos on my YouTube channel. For example, I recorded uh, "Happily Ever After" on piano, um, the full show, and uh, so I recorded along with the real show. So I was sitting in front of a green screen, and it's like the time is exactly the same as the firework show so there was a a lot of work to keep it in sync but almost daily i'm getting emails from people do you have the sheet music i'm like no i played it just by memory so and that's that's so much work so yeah i don't really do that it's i am yeah, it's a lot of work <laughs> I, I was gonna say it, it sounds like it and you know i was i was wondering so you mentioned how at a young age you were you know watching to these Disney movies and listening to them and then playing those tunes that you said like Sleeping Beauty and mm -hmm. um and and others around that uh time did, did Disney factor into your life outside of just enjoying the music and then playing it on the piano uh sorry I I, I didn't hear the last thing you said sure were you sorry. were you engaging with um Disney outside of listening to music were you um, did you have like Disney toys? Did you have a chance oh. to go to the theme parks or any other yes. ways in which Disney shaped your childhood? Oh, for sure. Yes. Um, I think I was eight years old when we first went to Disneyland Paris. And but even before that time, I always wanted to go to Disney. Uh, I had this VHS of uh, Little Mermaid. And at the end of the movie, there was a commercial for euro disney <laughs> but it was but it everything they showed was actually the magic kingdom so i thought that cinderella castle would be the castle at disneyland paris <laughs> so uh, i remember uh that they were talking about this park and i always wanted to go so when i finally uh, yeah when i was eight we went and yeah it was a life-changing moment for me it was so amazing to hear all the songs I grew up with all around me and to see all these characters and write all the rights. It's, yeah, it really, uh, it's been a very important visit, yeah. Was there any music that you heard in the park at that time that really stuck with you? So maybe that yes. not necessarily connected to a film, but something original? Absolutely, yes. Oh, <laughs> my cat is here, Slopey. Um, yeah, so, uh, 
I remember there was a ride called uh, Le Visionarium, the timekeeper. Oh, yes, we had uh, that we, in the Magic Kingdom in the States yes, too. Yes, fantastic. And, and the music was so beautiful. And I, I remember it's a 360 degrees uh, film and um, with a Jules Verne theme and it was beautiful. And I'm still sad that they removed it. They replaced it with uh, the Buzz Lightyear ride, you know, but it doesn't really fit Discoveryland, I think. <laughs> the Visionarium was, was perfect and I love the music. If I remember correctly, was that by Bruce Broughton? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Yeah, I had I had him on the podcast a few years ago, but I didn't talk no with him about I didn't talk with him about Timekeeper because he has so many what? different Disney contributions. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to mention that, but I remember it was very like uh, a full orchestra and very um, like bombastic and very just inspired in tone yes yeah he also did uh ellen's at, uh, energy adventure and uh, uh spaceship earth too right the new the current yes one. yeah and so much it's really beautiful yeah i mean his he has a lot of epcot all those have you know epcot uh or no um some of them have epcot connections but also um gosh he did the oh it's come i should know this he's Oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Which you all had at uh, Discovery Land for a time as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had that too. And uh, so when I went for the first time, it was still Captain EO <laughs> in the theater. Yeah. And that was uh, James Horner as the composer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, James Horner. Beautiful, yeah. So at the time, so you're hearing music in the context of these attractions. Were you familiar with like composers or or you know the personalities behind this, or was that more later in life that you you got that familiarity? It, well, when I was eight, not really. Yeah, later. Yeah, but I as soon as I had, for example, uh, internet and everything, I downloaded all the songs. I searched for Walt Disney World music years before I actually actually went. So I already knew a lot of the themes for years. I grew up with uh, "Remember the Magic" and all those songs. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I've always been um, like a movie soundtrack fan. Yes, and yeah. Were there any favorite composers of yours or like films that all have a kind of a connection back to a specific composer? Yeah, um, of course, like John Williams was one of my favorites, he still is. And he really inspired to compose music myself because before I heard or really dived into his music, I just played the piano and I accompanied people. And then suddenly when I heard what he could do with music. I always loved that, for example, in Star Wars, that each character has its own theme. So even if you're not watching the movie, but you're just listening to the soundtrack and you know, like... Uh... Oh, and then, you know, oh, that's Princess Leia or... Each character has its own theme. So it's almost like you're... Yeah, you only need the music. And it was so uh, fascinating to me that I wanted to compose too. <laughs> anyway no that's i mean that's what's i feel so i was listening to an interview recently um it was a film score podcast and they were talking about the you know how important 
music is to Star Wars, it probably wouldn't have been as successful oh. as a whole brand if it wasn't for John Williams. He's probably the right. most important individual in the whole franchise, even perhaps more so than George Lucas in many respects. Oh, oh I agree. If he would turn down the music, yeah, then it's not as exciting anymore. It is everything. Absolutely. He he made a, a symphony. It's mind-blowing how much work it must have been to orchestrate everything for this movie. It real that made people applaud at the end, you know. It's just beautiful. Are you did you happen to watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Yes, I have. Yeah. What, what did you think of the new theme for him because Obi-Wan didn't have a theme prior right. to that? It is so amazing that he is like 90 or 91 years old. It is amazing that he still does this at his age. And I was so excited that Obi-Wan was getting his own theme. And uh, it, for me, like the series doesn't have John Williams music. So it's uh, always with the series, also the Mandalorian, it's have to get used to it. Like I'm because the music is so much like the identity of Star Wars for me, at least. Um, but yeah, it was really cool that he did that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, he he claims that this is his last project, but then there's like one more thing. Like, I know he'll <laughs> handle Indiana Jones and the Dial yeah. of Destiny, but will will that be, in fact, the very last project? I, I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. No. Oh, that's, that won't be, that will be a very sad day. Yeah. Please give us more. <laughs> Well, and it makes me think you were probably hearing John Williams music in the parks too, because of the Indiana Jones uh, coaster yeah. and Star yeah. Tours as well. Star Tours, yeah. Um, is there more John Williams in the parks? At... I'm not sure. Yes, Indiana Jones, Star Tours, of course. Yeah, and that's a funny thing because when I first saw Star Wars, it was the, the Empire Strikes Back was the first movie, a Star Wars movie I ever saw on TV, and when. <laughs> A little bit different order, but I watched it and I saw C-3PO and I was like, ah, Star Tours. <laughs> so Star Tours was my first experience with the franchise. <laughs> well, and I and I've seen you know some of your videos online of where you have like these beautiful Star Wars medleys. But if I'm also not mistaken, Heis, I feel like mm -hmm. in one of your videos you feature the Star Tours theme, the famous yes. chimes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Um let me see. I released a Disneyland Paris medley last summer for the 30th anniversary. And there is a, a star tour section. And uh, what was it? That one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I love so, star tours. Yeah, I, and I, I think those few notes are just so iconic and, and just mm -hmm. the whole Disney theme park universe. Like there's very few pieces of music where you just hear a couple of notes and you instantly know what it is, right? Right, yes. I remember when I first went to Disneyland back in 2007 and they still had uh, the fireworks show, Remember Dreams Come True, and it had a lot of Disney ride sections and also those notes. Yes. <laughs> that was the first fireworks show I ever saw. I, I never saw a fireworks show at Disneyland Paris before that. Later. Yeah, later happened. Yeah, that was a fantastic fireworks show. I remember oh. seeing it too because it was it was so it was so much elevating the content from the parks as opposed to the movies, mm. which was such a distinction at the time. Yes, I was I was hoping that um, a chant a chantment would be a little bit like that, 
you know, where you could really, it's so nostalgic uh, hearing all those songs from the parks and have Julie Andrews at the beginning and everything was just so perfect. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, you know, I, I'm a huge connoisseur of the film music, but the theme park music, particularly the scores are are very memorable, particularly as you mentioned too, like going to the parks, you know, multiple times as as a kid you know they stick with you and it sounds like yeah. in your case you were looking it up and trying to download the music as well yeah to have a piece of that home yes um i remember when i first went to walt disney world and uh i went to apcot for the first time and i saw the canada film and i heard uh canada the the the, the, the song and then I found the CD, a double CD, and the song was on it, and I bought it right away. And then a Soren was on it, and all these beautiful themes that I've never heard before. Because at Magic Kingdom, you hear all the a lot of the songs I was already familiar with because of the movies. But uh, Epcot had so much original music that I've never heard before, and now when I hear them, it brings me back to to Epcot, so to the place. And yeah, that was, I, that's why I love the park so much. It's really yeah. unique. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, we we mentioned Bruce Broughton earlier. He also handled the newer interpretation of Soren. It was you know originally Jerry mm. Goldsmith, but then with yeah. the Soren around the world, then it's you know under his uh, leadership, so to speak. Right. So yeah. That, yeah, I love. I think that's one of the best Disney scores ever. Mm. Absolutely. I could play a little bit of that. <laughs> oh yeah, be my guest. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i i guess i'm wondering too like so if you're in the like it sounds like growing up you know you would go to the park you would listen to the music would you be able to translate that once you got home and had access to a piano or or would you need to have heard the recording like right before oh yeah oh i remember i was uh like I bought a CD at Disneyland Paris and I had a disc man <laughs> and I was listening to it in the car back home and then I couldn't wait to be home and to play all these songs. Yeah, so that's exactly how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. See, I'm, and that's where they don't do it as much at the parks, but where they would sell the CDs with all the music. Because I remember that's how I became familiar with it yeah. prior to YouTube, you know, prior to having another way of accessing it that's so important for kids and to at least yeah. you know uh, a generation ago maybe just to to be able to take that little souvenir home and, and yeah. have that magic from your bedroom yeah because i don't really release a lot of music anymore like fireworks show i i also have the cd of wishes for example there's no happily ever after cd or yeah or on spotify only the theme song yeah, it's I, I don't know. I feel like there there should be more of it. One thing I want to ask you about, well, I want to transition to your time to working um, 
at Disneyland Paris and having opportunities to play there. Um, so I had heard in a prior interview that your your opportunity emerged from when you had asked to use the piano at the Disneyland Hotel, and then a manager heard you and and like wanted your card. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's true. I, I was staying at the Disneyland Hotel and I was wearing flip flops and I was on my way to go to the swimming pool. <laughs> and then my friends noticed the piano and they said, hi, she should play here. Um, I uh, like a week before that I performed at Carnegie Hall and I also played some Disney songs there. So they um, they asked me, you should play. And I went, no, no, I was way too shy. And I was, no, and it's locked anyway. So they asked a cast member to if they could open the piano. And yeah, so I played and suddenly Mickey and Minnie came to the piano. I didn't expect that. And Donald, everybody was there. And then, then my friend said, hi, Stone. <laughs> um, don't 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 panic but the manager is, is standing there and uh, she's asking for your business card and then like two months later i uh, i went back but th this time not wearing flip-flops but uh, a tuxedo <laughs> and and tell me about what what it has been like for you to be able to perform there over over recent years mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it was so much fun, so much fun. And uh, the Disneyland Hotel right now is being refurbished. So I'm not work working there currently, but I really, I miss it. It's so fun. And um, uh, because I listen to uh, Disney loops, for example, uh, at home, and they normally have a loop there as well in the cafe. And it's beautiful by the way. But when I perform, I turn off the loop and then I sit down and then it is me who decides what the people will hear. And that's such an honor, you know, because, uh, and then I play the songs that I would like to hear when, when I was a kid. And if I would visit the Disneyland hotel, I would, the songs that I would like to hear. So um, yeah, so I played a lot of Disney songs, uh, more obscure songs, Disney parks, rides, uh, attractions, parades and stuff. And it was always yeah so much fun. Um, and people came to the piano to ask for requests and uh, meeting people from all over the world because yeah, it's in France, but there are so many countries in Europe where they don't speak French or don't speak English. They so, and by now I know all the song titles in so many languages. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was so much fun. How long would you usually uh, do a set for at any time? Yeah, um, like uh, one set with thirty minutes, and I did four sets, so uh, two hours in total every evening. That that requires a lot of stamina. I, I know I've seen that with you in your live streams. <laughs> do you ever get requests, um, whether at Disneyland Paris or virtually or in other spaces, where you just don't know the piece the piece of music uh oh sure sometimes yeah and and sometimes when people uh ask me for a certain song that i didn't know then i said okay i have a, a break right now but i'll listen during my break please don't leave and then and i came back and then i played it uh <laughs> so sometimes i would do that but with uh, i know most or a lot of disney songs so uh but sometimes people ask different songs too or um for example i know that in france the sound of music is very popular and it's called le mélodie de bonheur the 
the melody of happiness. <laughs> so uh, a, a lot of times people came to me to ask me to play that. And uh, or Beauty and the Beast was very popular, La, La Belle et La Bête in French. And of course, Let It Go. <laughs> so sometimes I would play the whole song and sometimes I just made a, a frozen medley with Frozen 2. <laughs> so I could play a shorter version of Let It Go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what your preference is, Heist. I mm -hmm. I prefer Into the Unknown over Let It oh, Go, but that's just please. me. Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I prefer Frozen 2 as well. Um, the songs are just, like, harmony-wise more, yeah, more interesting. And I think Let It Go is so popular because it's so it, it sticks with you. It's very, um, how do you say that, catchy, um, because it has... This chord. So these chords are, um, you know, or um, a lot of pop songs have these four chords. So that's why I think for a lot of people, it's like, hey, it sounds like familiar and catchy, and that's why. They love it, um, but yeah, Frozen Two has goes yeah. Uh, they tried to really um, yeah do more interesting, unexpected things, and that's what I like about Frozen Two's music. So, on the other hand, what are some examples of really rare or obscure Disney songs that people have asked you to play? So something that's not frozen. <laughs> the yeah. complete oh, opposite end. For example, uh... do you know this one? Oh, candle on the water. Yeah. Uh, for example, or uh, or. Uh... or because it's funny in uh, yeah. innovations yeah yeah right uh at Disneyland Paris they don't have Fantasmic so sometimes I would play Fantasmic and just because I wanted to and and I I thought to myself all oh, the people here don't know what it is and I play the finale and then some and at one point there was a table full of people and they did the Mickey voice some imagination huh and it was what there are people who do know it so i played the finale and then my set was over and i went to that table and said you guys are our disney fans and they were all Walt disney world cast members <laughs> so it was, it was super fun to meet them and talk uh, about disney music and then when i went back i played more songs that i they know <laughs> It, what's fun about music, as you're just kind of showing, is that there's almost like a, a trivia component to it, right? Like rec recognizing uh, what the tune is, because if you don't have the lyrics and you're just basing right. it on your memory, it um, it adds a bit of fun for everybody. Right, yeah. And so I will play songs that everybody would know, but sometimes I always like to kind of, yeah, teach people or to so people... Uh, 
yeah, that they will maybe through my piano music that they learn about songs they didn't know before and that they will look them up. Um, for example, uh, I recorded uh, New Horizons, this theme song from Horizons a couple of years ago. And it's, the song is so beautiful, but the ride doesn't exist anymore. So the new generation, they don't know uh, the song. And um, so I decided to just for fun to record it with my friend Priscilla Pulse. And uh, if you can dream it, then we can. <laughs> That's uh, my niece and nephews. <laughs> it was a really fun project, but it is really fun that uh, people who already followed me uh, yeah, started to uh, look up uh, horizons and watch the like the video of what the ride was and I always like to educate people a little bit of Disney history and especially the music. Oh, and there's just you know Epcot's so interesting because there are so many of us who are very familiar with these tunes now, but we maybe didn't have the chance to like ride Horizons or ride right. you know earlier incarnations of well now it's defunct but universe of energy and then ellen's energy mm -hmm. adventure being like epcot's had a very storied history in 40 years just with its yeah. music and future world absolutely yeah and i feel bad because the first time i went to walt disney world was in 2008 so it was years after horizons closed and uh you know a world of motion and so i've never experienced those rides in person uh, but I already I did know the the music um, because of uh, Napster and Kaza and all the <laughs> from back in the day um, random music that I found oh Epcot download and then you had to wait five hours and <laughs> so yeah um, and and that's what I I loved Epcot because it has its own original songs that you couldn't find anywhere or couldn't hear anywhere else so it really had its own identity and um and all those mu the music just sounds so like hopeful and uh optimistic and and truly epic i i yeah so th that's why epcot has always been my favorite park and i wanted to record record as many themes uh, from that park as possible so i i recorded um my first epcot medley and I finished it and then I realized, oh no, I forgot to play this song. I forgot to play that song. I have to make a second medley. And then I started selecting songs, but there were all over 40 or 50 themes. And then I realized, okay, I have to split and I have to make three medleys now. So a couple of years ago, I already knew uh, which songs I would play for Epcot Medley 3, which I um, released last... October? Yeah, in October. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are those are incredible. Do you have a favorite Epcot song or piece of score? Ooh. Oh my goodness. That's very... that's like asking like which is your favorite yeah. children, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um probably New Horizons. It's I I love that song. Ooh. Um let me think. Tomorrow's Child is also beautiful. Um, but also, for example, the score of Impressions de France, Impressions de France, it's, it's just like French uh, uh, music from French composers, but also music by Buddy Holly. And it's uh, 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 Buddy hey, Baker. Buddy Baker, yeah. <laughs> Baker, yeah. sorry. I, I, when I was saying, can you cut that out? No, <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> but it's just so, so beautiful, yeah. 
oh, our favorite. Yeah, uh, Horizons then. Yeah, well, and it's nice too, because even if these attractions are no longer, some of them are no longer present, they've still found ways at times to include them in background loops or yeah. like the Epcot Forever fireworks show, they were able to translate like new interpretations of them. So, right. and and really what you're doing too is a way of kind of extending the life and, and memory of, of the music because of your own interpretation. Like I haven't ever heard Ellen's energy adventure played on the piano outside of your version, um, which yeah. is just wonderful. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and some and uh, some themes were really challenging to uh, yeah to, to to make it sound good on piano, and and some others were like, oh wow, this it it's, it sounds like it's made for a piano, you know. Um, so yeah, it was really a challenge to do. But what I like about the Epcot medleys, for example, Happily Ever After, the piano version, yeah, I was literally copying the show. So, but with the Epcot medleys, I had a lot of freedom to make my own arrangements, think about the order of the songs and transitions. And that's what I liked best. Yeah, it makes me wonder. So you've been to Walt Disney World as well. And I think I've heard that you've gone to Tokyo as well. Yes. Okay. Have yes. you been to any other any resorts? Yeah. So I went to Tokyo three times. Uh, I performed there uh, at um, Suntory Hall and Yamaha Hall, and in 2018, I also went to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea. Yes. So, what's it yeah. like for you as you visit these, you know, other Disney theme parks? Does that how does that influence like new pieces of music that you now can add to your repertoire? Yeah. Um, uh, for example, um, Journey into the Center of the Earth. It's also music by Buddy Baker. It was one That's of his right. last. And it's, yeah, let me see if I can play a little bit. does sound a little bit like the haunted mansion right yeah um, menacing yeah right um but also um uh sinbad's um voyage voyage storybook voyage it's uh, it's the only alan Menken song that he wrote especially for a theme park all the other songs were originally written for movies so yeah there was so much to to hear so i was super excited to hear all all this new music and uh, and in general, Disney Tokyo Disney Sea is is very like unique. A lot of rides you can only find there. So it and but also Tokyo Disneyland and it's it was so confusing because I'm very used to uh, Disneyland Paris Park and Magic Kingdom and it is a lot of things are very similar but also so different. So sometimes it was lost. Like wait. <laughs> Haunted Mansion is in Fantasyland here. <laughs> like you get lost sometimes because yeah, that's it's a really strange feeling. No kidding. You know, as me when you're talking about Tokyo Disney Sea, it was making me think there's some great 
background loops on YouTube for the different areas, including uh, Arabian Coast, which has a really mm -hmm. nice vibe. Like I'll listen to that on repeat at times. Yeah. Have you already heard or seen the the new show that they have at Disney Tokyo at uh, Tokyo Disney Sea? No. No. What so, is it? So it's the like they used to have Fantasmic there, and but now they have a a new show. And I watched a video on uh, YouTube with multiple camera angles, and it's it's really beautiful. Um, the theme song is really nice. Um, so I I, I recommend to uh, to see it. I, right now I forgot the title of the show, but it's uh it's really nice. Well, yeah, I feel like there's so many, yeah, so much of the, the, the states, uh, some of the parks outside of the states, I'm just not as familiar with the music, but I think there's always the one common element that like magic dreams, wishes has to be in the title of any nighttime yeah. spectacular. It's <laughs> yes. like, there's this yeah. common playbook, right? Just yes, variations. it must be wonder of, or a wish. Yeah, a magical wish. It's, it must have a title like that, <laughs> for sure. Heis, could you tell me a little bit about how your YouTube channel live streams came to uh, came to form? I know you've been recording videos for years. I saw that you had a, a performance of So Close from Enchanted, if I'm not yes. mistaken, from like uh, a decade, more than a decade ago. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so back in 2015, I started doing live streams on an app called Periscope. And at that time, that was the only or the first live streaming app. So it was made especially for live streaming. And uh, I was watching people uh, on the app and uh, also people who would live stream at Disney and other places. And I thought, oh, that could be a fun place to to play request. Let, let's do it. And uh, so I did a few and then I did one Disney themed one. And then suddenly like the numbers would grow and uh it was was super fun and i did them a couple of times a week and uh but at the one one point uh instagram uh, added live streaming you could live stream on facebook suddenly you could live stream everywhere so the app was slowly di dying and uh and then COVID happened and yeah i didn't have any performances anymore everything got canceled i didn't have work it was like and I knew I had to do something else. So I uh, I moved to YouTube. I already had videos there and I started my first uh, live stream there. Yeah, and, um, and and it's a request show so people can request any, any song. Sometimes I have themes like Disney themes, movie themes, um, or when I had my 70th episode, I did a 1970s theme or 80s. Um, yeah, last, Two weeks ago, I did a, a Broadway themed live stream. So yeah, it is, it's really fun. And the people who watch the show are so nice. And that's what I'm most proud of because it is, I didn't know when I started it, but now it's really like a community, you know, people know each other, people are friends with each other. I know that, uh, like, I'm going to play at a wedding of people <laughs> who, who watch the show and, um, or go on vacation together and, and they watch every week and, and that's just a wonderful feeling. And yeah, so for me, it's every Sunday and favorite day of the week. Yeah. What I love about that is that you're essentially building a community around your talent and around something that you're passionate about. That's that must be so gratifying. Yeah, um, and I remember when I did my first live stream uh, because I'm I'm very much a perfectionist when I 
uh, upload something on YouTube, I want it to be perfect. And but with live streaming, it's not like every can everything can go wrong. Or yeah, when people ask me to play a song and I'm not sure if I know it, and I do it, and then at one point I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Can I do this over? No, I can't because it's live. Um, so uh, when I started, I was a little bit nervous, like, oh, no, uh, with all my videos that I'm satisfied with. <laughs> now I just have to let go and just have, have a good time. And uh, and I also sing songs. And I was always in the beginning nervous, like, oh, what if I sound bad and it's going to be on YouTube all the time. But because it's such a great community, uh, I feel so comfortable and so uh, at ease with these people. It's really like I'm performing for a group of friends. So now I don't see it as I'm performing for YouTube. No, it's like my little, uh, yeah community or uh and and it makes me feel very safe and 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 that's what's so fun about it because i think when you perform when you're a performer you really need to feel comfortable and happy otherwise yeah it's not going to work yeah the the vibe i get off in both talking with you and also watching you with your live streams is that there's just this natural joy that comes through in in talking about and, and demonstrating your craft and yeah that's i think what most people want in life is to to feel joy in in what they're good at <laughs> yeah and it's just uh, and because it's life it's fun that when when people ask a certain song i and i look at my phone and i read the comments and then i play it right away so for people who watch it's yeah it's fun that you can sit at home and for me, it's weird because I'm just in my my music studio and there's no audience at all. So that, that sometimes it's strange to just perform for a camera sometimes without an audience. Um, but yeah, but then the lockdown was over and now I have a lot of performances here in the Netherlands and Belgium again. So, but I still do the live streams every Sunday. Yeah, I it, just it make time like, for it. <laughs> yeah, as it sounds like it's really fulfilling. Are there unexpected moments that have unfolded during your live streams? Unexpe oh, yeah. Oh, um, let me think about it. Oh, I've <laughs> a lot of bloopers, of course. <laughs> um, uh, also, when I like two years ago on Valentine's Day, I got my cat Stropy, who's kind of like the <laughs> the how do you say that? the mascot of the show sure. <laughs> and uh she was a baby back then and uh yeah a lot of things happened and uh also uh, another thing is i am from the netherlands so english is not my first language and when i watch my first show um I pronounce uh, words more like this, like hi, I'm from Holland and uh, my English sounds very uh, Rotterdam-like. <laughs> so also by uh, speaking with a lot of people, I try to pronounce things more like clearly or <laughs> so, uh, and speaking in a different language um, is, is a challenge, but I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think you, you seem to be able to demonstrate that really well. What I love about music is music is a, a universal language, right? It's right. something that connects people, you know, especially, you know, instrumental music where you don't necessarily even need lyrics to be able to know what that feeling is. Right. And uh, for my birthday, uh, I did uh, 
uh, <laughs> I made a video, It's a Small World, Everyone's Favorite Song. But I, I asked the viewers to join me and uh, to sing the song in their own language. So the French people, German, Turkish, Dutch, English, French, and Spanish. So that's it's really, really fun that everybody sent a video. And so I made this sing-along and everyone joined. And, and yeah, so it is really... Uh, cool that people from all over the world can watch and just enjoy the music. Music is universal, yeah, universal language. And it allows you, as you're talking about, to to connect with people, to play at folks' weddings. I, I wonder, because music has been so integral, so important in your life, have you had a chance to meet any of your musical idols or inspirations? I know you've said you've had these amazing opportunities to play at uh, big venues like Carnegie Hall. But I'm wondering, in your experiences, have you been able to connect with composers or songwriters or singers uh, mm. that that mean a lot to you? Yeah, um, well, for example, here in the Netherlands, I grew up with uh, the Disney movies, but they were all dubbed in Dutch because as a kid, I didn't speak English yet. Um, so I grew up with the voice of Ariel and uh, Sleeping Beauty and Belle and Pocahontas. And later I, I performed with them all. So that's later I became their, their pianist, you know? So that was for me a, a big honor. Like when I first had the voice of Ariel, uh, Laura Flossblom on the phone, I I recognized the voice right away. So that was, that was a really fun, experience and i remember when i studied uh, uh composition at the conservatory here in the netherlands um josh groban came and i remember that no one really knew him <laughs> here and it was pretty strange because I, I knew him and so i talked with him for like 30 minutes uh because there were no other like i think they expected there to be like screaming groupies or something but there weren't but we talked about music and i i talked about my uh, my studies and uh, it was really fun yeah so it's some it's it's nice to meet um other like yeah, artists and composers and it's that's really fun right well and josh groban had now has some disney connections because he sung mm -hmm. evermore for the live action beauty and the beast and I'm not sure in the Netherlands, did you all get the, the Beating the Beast 30th celebration special? Did, were you able to it, see any of that? It wasn't it wasn't on TV, but it's on Disney Plus here. Yeah, so I saw it last week, actually. Yeah, I thought that was interpreted really well. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. They really did the animation and the, uh, yeah, that was really fun. And um, I can't believe that movie is 30, well, 32 years old already, right? 1991. But that music will stay a classic for forevermore, I'm sure. Yeah, that was that was good wordplay there. Um, <laughs> as I have my virtual background of the ballroom from Beating the Beast. Yeah, and, I see. Uh, on my end, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On they they have um, through was it Disney Movie Insiders? You can like download wallpaper or Zoom backgrounds of different mm. films. But um, yeah, I it, th that must be really cool for you to to be able to, you know, engage with folks who like Josh Groban, like who are such big figures and, you know, you, you're, you're contributing your own unique uh, uh, offerings through your live streams too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, I love to, um, how do you say that, like discover new artists or composers. And I always want to 
keep inspired and uh yeah and it's and so that's great to to meet other creators and but also movie makers or not just music but yeah any art form really so what uh, I'll, I'll ask you some disney opinion questions momentarily okay. but but i guess i'm curious what is what's next for you i know you're saying you said that you're playing at a wedding of of some of your listeners but yeah, what it's... what are you excited about over the coming months and as it pertains to your music or career Ooh. or disney experiences for that matter right um uh well i have a lot of performances scheduled here i play at a lot of castles here in the netherlands we have uh like one castle is almost like a thousand years old so that's that's a lot of history so i love visiting these places and perform there um in july i'll perform at a music festival called tomorrowland I'm not sure if you're familiar with that it's uh, oh yeah i've heard about it not yeah, the disney tomorrowland though no no it's, it has nothing to do with disneyland no um it's uh an edm uh, electro dance music festival with hundreds of thousands of people it's 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 ginormous uh i performed there three times before and I, I, with a, me on piano and a saxophone player and yeah it's crazy <laughs> thousands of people singing along and i play uh edm classics so uh, but acoustic versions on piano so it sounds very different of course but i was really surprised because i, I thought maybe the audience would me miss like a beat or electric electro uh, beat you know but piano was enough <laughs> they went wild and crazy so i'm looking forward to that and uh, yeah i have a few composition projects coming up and of course uh, every sunday i do my live streams which is always a highlight of the week for me <laughs> Yeah, you're, you you have no downtime. It sounds like you're constantly <laughs> having different projects in in the works. Yeah, always. Yes, and I already have a couple of plans for for YouTube videos as well. And uh, yeah, so I love creating and um, and keeping busy. And music is my passion. And uh, yeah, because I know people who are in the music industry. Uh, for example, uh, some friends that I know who were in musical theater. And at one point they didn't like, they didn't enjoy music anymore because they had to audition and rejection and a lot of things happening. And, um, and when they listened to music, they were just listening technically to, instead of just enjoying it. And for me, that's, it's so important that uh, to really enjoy music. And that for me, it's like, it's like therapy really. Um, when I'm sad, I, I just walk to the piano and I play music that suits my mood and it, it helps right away. Or when you're happy, it, yeah, it's for me, it's really, um, yeah, it keeps me, uh, keeps me sane and happy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the power of, it's of the music. Power. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm going to shift over to, uh, as we wrap up some Disney uh, opinion related questions so no right answers just fun okay. um but i'm going to offer a challenge for you as we go through each question uh okay. but but it's going to be a good challenge i think okay, okay. <laughs> promise I, okay so your first question it's a music question mm -hmm. what disney soundtrack did you listen to most while growing up and your challenge is in answering the question to also play something from that movie Okay. Or, or whatever the soundtrack was right oh the D disney right 
Disney, yes, Disney soundtrack. Okay. Probably this one. Almost every Alan Menken song ends with, and then, boom. Always. It really is a signature component. It's, <laughs> yes. it's like it's something wrong if that doesn't happen, right? Right. Yeah. So yes, Little Mermaid probably yes. Um, um, that was the first Disney movie I saw in the movie theaters uh, as a kid, and uh, yeah, I listened to that all the time. Uh, no, that's fantastic. It's it's funny how I've I've noticed over time in talking with different people about the Disney movies that are significant to them or most significant to them. It's often the first one they remember seeing in theaters. For yeah. me, that was Toy Story. And that that's actually oh, not yeah. my favorite if you consider that um, Disney Pixar. So sure, um, yeah. sounds like Little Mermaid was that for you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the one that you will always remember. Yeah. Awesome. Your second question is, okay. what Disney song most recently got stuck in your head? So like an earworm that you couldn't oh. not stop thinking about it. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> show how energy can be a lot of fun yeah universe of, <laughs> universe energy, of yeah. energy yes yeah. i was thinking about that song today so <laughs> good one to get stuck in your head um, yeah <laughs> i love that uh great pick and then finally uh on the music front what disney film do you feel has the most underrated music so it doesn't get enough attention or love Ooh, that's a good question Ooh, let me think. Oh my goodness. Um, for example, this one. Well, and even though this, they featured this song in some Disney shows, a lot of shows actually. When I think about it, because it's in Disney Dreams, it's in Happily Ever After, and it's in um, Harmonies as well. But in general, I think. Um, 
this movie is the music is underrated. I was thinking of, of Hunchback, but then I remembered, oh, it's featured in quite a few shows, actually. But the music is really, it's so gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. So that's the first, the first movie I thought of when you asked that question. But there are more. There are so many more movies that are underrated, I think. It's funny you you play that one because it's that's I would say that's my answer too. Um, it's out there probably in my top three favorite Disney songs. Right. But, but I'll say one of it's the question that I ask I ask this question to all of my guests, and um, they can most often I'd say this is the most popular uh, selection. Most people say Hunchback has the most underrated music um yeah pocahontas too i think uh yeah the finale of pocahontas is so beautiful um but yeah when like, she's that, running through the woods and, and trying right. and seeing the ship oh right? my that, goodness so that emotional. was the piece it was the piece that was nominated for the oscar it was that specific track yeah oh oh good <laughs> yeah or actually did he win i can't remember did he win for pocahontas i can't can't recall. I know he won for Colors of the Wind, but I can't yeah. remember if the score won. Um, oh, I have to sure. double check that. But it's a great track too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, very well done. Um, now a couple of book questions for you. So I don't know if there's oh. any music to accompany this, but because it focused on books here as well. Is mm -hmm. there a recent Disney book that you've read? Uh, yes. Uh, well, read. I, uh, re uh, I received a gift from... Uh, a viewer of my show. Her name is Rebecca. I'm sure she will be listening to this show. Uh, and she sent me an Epcot uh, 40th anniversary book. So I, I read that whole book and um, a lot of photos about the history of the park. So that's the last like Disney book that I read. Yeah. Oh, really? I have to hear about that book. I'm not sure if that's entered my radar. I'm not sure if I knew about it. Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm, hmm. I can show it to you. Yeah, I'd love to know after the fact so I can pick it up myself. But yeah, <laughs> oh. shall I get it? Sure. Yeah, okay. I can edit this. One second. It's 
this one. I'm not sure if oh. you can see it. Oh, Epcot, Epcot at 40, Four Decades of Innovation by Tim Foster. Oh, okay. And I'll it's about the history of the park. Oh, that's okay. fantastic. I have to look that up then. Yeah, with great photos. And yeah, it's wonderful. So that's the last one I uh, I read. Oh, well, thank you for the recommendation. Sure, so, yes. Oh, you Good to know it. about that. I'll, yes. I'll edit this part out, by the way. But I'm just <laughs> curious for, personally, because I'm like, oh, I hadn't heard of that. Um, right. <laughs> so your second question uh, related to books, if you, Heist, could write a Disney book on any topic, what would it be about? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, wow. Hmm. It can be, oh, there are so many things like the influence of classical music on Disney. For example, Sleeping Beauty has Tchaikovsky's music, how they uh, changed things to fit the movie, or or Disney Park music, really, like the, the music that was composed specifically for the parks, like the, the, uh, the James Horner and Bruce Broughton and all these composers. Something like that is my interest, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then finally, last question. This is, this is a random question, so I, I mix this one up for every guest. So what Epcot song or musical track would you like to see interpreted in a new way and played on the background loop at the park? Ooh, good question. Um, let me see. For example, Tomorrow's Child, um, because it, it's to me it is so Epcot-y, um, and, it, and it's featured in uh, Epcot Forever, but like very shortly, so it's just a few seconds, and then they move move to the other song. Um, that could be nice because they were they were talking about refurbishing Spaceship Earth, um, and I hope that the that when you go back, you know, when you go backwards and you have this little TV, there is like the city of tomorrow right behind the curtains. So I hope that they will open up the curtains once again and that you could hear a new version of Tomorrow's Child. Um, that would be cool. What what I, I like that notion. What do you think it would have a specific like style or tone to it? Like would it reflect its original incarnation or would it have a different flair to it? And if so, what would that sound like? Right. Um, because the, the original, it is beautiful, but when you hear it, you it is very 1980s. And, and I love the 80s, don't get me wrong. But if they would use it now, of course they have to re-record it. Uh, but I think they should do like, um, a, like a timeless version. Um, with, I love orchestras and um, so, yeah, so I think they should, yeah, stay true to the, to the original song, but yeah, make it clean and fresh. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. And finally, as we wrap up, how can people learn more about your work, follow you on social media, follow you on your many channels and streams and all of that? Yeah. So uh, on YouTube, I'm Heist Piano, and I know my name is very weird. It's a Dutch name, G-I-J-S. 
And a lot of people, <laughs> when I go to for Starbucks at the Magic Kingdom, uh, they write my name on a cup, G-I-J-S. And then they yell, a caramel macchiato for geese, for jigs, one time even for Jesus. <laughs> um, over here, the I and the J is one letter. It's like the Y with dots on them. So it's heis, heis piano. <laughs> um, and on um, uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram, I'm heis music. And it's also heismusic.com. Wonderful. Hi, uh, such a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks for uh, thanks for playing. Thanks for sharing more about your experiences, and yeah, and thanks for contributing to our our Disney community through your your tunes and uh, interpretations of of songs. It allows it allows it to feel a little bit closer to home for folks if they can't make it out to the parks. Thank you. My pleasure. I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. And my thanks go out again to Heis Van Winkelhoff for joining me on Notably Disney, uh, playing some really great live examples of those tunes, some of my favorites, including those Epcot pieces, as you heard. And I certainly encourage you to check out his YouTube live streams on his YouTube channel uh, for that notion of interactivity and seeing him at his best on the piano. So uh, be sure to take a listen and to subscribe. Thank you again, Heist, for coming on and continued uh, best to you with your future musical opportunities. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of Notably Disney. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow me on Twitter at bnachmanreports. That's B-N-A-C-H-M-A-N reports and be among the first to find out about the release of new episodes. I also encourage you to send me an email to NotablyDisney at gmail.com regarding your thoughts of the show, as well as suggestions for content. So until we turn the page on another chapter, I'm Brett, and thanks for listening to Notably Disney. Notably Disney is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Consequently, the perspectives and opinions expressed by the host and guests are strictly theirs and do not represent the views of the Walt Disney Company and its employees. The main purpose of the Notably Disney podcast is to offer information and critiques about the Walt Disney Company.